Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Georgia, coming to you with your next mental health moment. And today we're going to be talking about socialization and sexual behaviors. So a lot of you may have heard in the media uh, a rapper talk about exposing his children, his male children, to oral sex and pornography in attempt to make sure that they grew up to be men as opposed to being gay. Or perhaps you heard of another rapper in the media who talked about doing virginity checks with his daughter to make sure that she had not engaged in sex. And I want to address some of the misperceptions that we have about gender roles, socialization, early sexualized experiences, and this notion that you can stop your children either from becoming gay or make sure that they have a virtuous image as a woman. And there are a bit of, um, I guess, altered perspectives about how a boy should be socialized growing up and how a girl should be socialized growing up and I want to address those things in this video. So first of all, let me be very, very clear with you. You cannot stop your child from being gay. Sexual development, identity development, um, gender development, orientation, these are constructs that are influenced by things, but in a large way are innate. Um, they are shaped by the things around us, but who we like has a tendency to be based on the people that we find attractive, the people that we have some connection to. And so, unfortunately, for those of you who are doing negative things because you have heard in media somewhere that you can either pray um, being gay out of your child or make sure that your daughter is going to be a virgin if she stays prayed up or reads a lot of scripture or you only expose them to people that you want them to grow up to be like, those are myths and fallacies. Um, so this, boys can't play dress up. Boys can't play with the kitchen toys. They can't play with dolls with their sisters. You don't want them around a bunch of girls. Um, you want to make sure that they're in sports. They don't need to be sucking on lollipops with sticks in them, um, telling them don't be a girl, don't be a sissy, don't be a punk, don't cry, um, toughen up, tighten up, you need to be playing with Legos, or you need to be wrestling, or um, you need to be looking at this porn so you can know how to be um, a mandingo in the bedroom, you need to know how to put it down on a woman, you need to be able to control your woman, uh, you need to be the head of the household. Um, you need to handle all of the business. Um, those things are not going to stop your son from growing up to be a gay male. They are going to cause some later problems in your son's life, which we're going to address. In the same way, this attempt to make girls these cooks and, oh, you need to know how to please your men in the bedroom, but you need to be a lady. You need to wear dresses bows. You don't need to play with the boys. You don't need to be out there climbing trees and playing football. Um, 
You need to be able to click, cook and clean. You need to know how to keep your man. You need to make sure that you don't do anything that will cause your man to cheat or you need to accept that your man is going to cheat. That's just part of being a girl. You just need to accept that people are going to take advantage of your body. But if you're going to have them do that, you might as well be getting paid for it. Um, these perceptions that as fathers, you need to expose your young males to their first sexual experience as a rites of passage. So let me make sure that you know how a woman is supposed to perform oral sex on you or you know how a woman that's experienced is able to perform so you know what to look for and so I can train you how to be a beast in bed or uh, for fathers with your daughters. Um, let me make sure that you have this chastity belt that I do these virginity checks or uh, as mothers, well, let me make sure that you have your first safe sexual experience here in the house. So I'm going to allow you to have sex in the house because so at least I know you're here. Or even this uh, warped perception that as a father, you need to be the first man your daughter ever has sex with um, because you're the man that loves her and respects her and you want to show her how she should be treated. Um, none of these are acceptable behaviors. Not a single one of them. They are distortions based on misperceptions um, rooted in socialization or practices that have been passed down that are either homophobic in their tendencies or based out of wounds of people being sexually abused or assaulted out of their own experiences. They're disconnected from true connection and intimacy in relationships, and they have some negative effects on our kids. So let's talk about how our kids grow up when they're exposed to early sexualized behaviors, including pornography. Um, and then let's talk about how this plays out when we get to be adults. So first of all, what happens when we're exposed to early sexual behaviors? Um, that means we're more likely to engage in sexual behaviors at an early age. So if you show a child porn, a lot of kids will mention that they've seen porn eight years old, nine years old. 10 years old, either on purpose, being exposed to it by, by family members, particularly male children, um, uncles or, or fathers or male cousins or show kids porn. Oftentimes girls are exposed to porn either by accident. Um, so maybe they found some porn or maybe they have uh, older siblings in the family who were watching porn and they were being babysat and they came in to watch it or, or for kids who are being groomed by pedophiles to expose them to porn, to get them to engage in early sexualized behaviors. Um, these early sexual experiences cause a child not to really understand what sex should be. Um, they look at sex as this is an act for a purpose, either for me to show my prowess or for me to um, accept something from a person. So this is done in exchange for something else. This is unwanted sexual behavior. I don't feel comfortable with it. It makes me feel uncomfortable in my body and my skin, but I'm feeling pressured to do it. I'm being made to do it, forced to do it. Um, it causes us to engage in unsafe sexual practices and sex becomes more casual as opposed to um, it being to engage in uh, furthering a relationship and further connection of intimacy as a type of intimacy. It is simply looked at as this act that I'm, I'm again, disconnected from. It leads to self-injurious behaviors, suicidal behaviors, shame behaviors. Uh, it allows our children to be more easily groomed by predators. Um, it confuses our kids about their bodies and, and um, 
what exactly is a normal sexualized behavior. They're more likely to engage in aggressive sexual behaviors. And this is where we get into the rape, torture, human trafficking kind of culture. Um, they are more likely to engage in unhealthy relationship dynamics that are purely based on sexual behaviors and have no other grounding or footing. They're more likely to be in abusive or violent relationships because of these early sexual experience. Um, they are much more likely to get depressed or have other psychological disorders, including intimacy disorders, and have difficulty even being able to be intimate with their own partners that they have chosen because these unwanted images will come back up for them and their bodies feel uncomfortable and they often will see their loved one as a perpetrator against them. Uh, it breeds uh, hatred for men, um, heterosexual men, hatred of women, um, difficulty being in intimate relationships, difficulty connecting with people in general, male or female. Um, it sets up this dynamic of wanting to have control and superiority in relationships. For women, um, that ends up being inadequacy, comparison behaviors, fears of rejection, shame, attaching worth to sexual ability, these need to please behaviors, uh, over-sexualized behaviors early on in life, um, being more likely to get in sexual behaviors as a contract to get some goods or services uh, or some financial resources. Um, it leads to these very rigid views which uh, allow people to be more attacking of others, particularly our LGBTQ community, um, spewing the hatred and venom uh, because of these very stereotyped gender roles in which they have been assigned. Um, there is an increased need for stimulation um, and that can translate over into other behaviors, uh, need to um, have high-speed driving or getting involved with substances and particularly use of substances prior to sexual behaviors, which we know affects consent, um, but also uh, wanting more thrill-seeking type of behaviors um, and getting into needing things that may be considered odd to others in order to even get any sexual pleasure anymore because of these early sexual experiences. So that's the reality of exposing our kids to sexual behaviors too soon in their development before they even get an opportunity to see who they are as young people. Now they have this whole other dynamic of these sexualized inappropriate behaviors that are a part of their development. So how do we address that? Here are some healthier options. Um, it's really important that we not only know what our kids are watching and looking at um, so that we can limit their exposure to porn, but we also as parents and, and aunts and uncles and whoever's a trusted resource for you to have your child um, in the care of, you need to make sure that that person is on the same page as you in terms of how they view sexual experiences, pornography, um, gender roles, especially these very rigid stereotyped roles that lead to some of these negative behaviors. And often we don't have these conversations with people. So they're caregiving for our kids and our kids are being exposed to all kinds of things that we're unaware they're being exposed to. Um, so it's very important that we set these healthy, healthy foundations. We need to be having discussions at our churches, in our barbershops, in our hair salons, uh, over social media about what are healthy, normal behaviors in terms of identity development. Not what social media says, not what porn says, but what is a healthy development of a relationship look like? 
First of all, that starts with knowing yourself, your own identity outside of being a sexual being. And as a child, you should just simply be developing your own identity. What am I good at? What, what are my gifts? What are my skills? Um, what are my areas of growth? What are some things that I have difficulty with? Have I learned how to be able to clearly communicate and express how I feel? All of those things need to be important first, that I'm secure in who I am before I even attempt to have any kind of interaction, sexual or otherwise, with anyone else. That I've created a healthy peer support network around me that I know what a healthy peer support network should look like. Right. Intimacy should be a part of this conversation, not sex. Intimacy. How do you connect with other people? How do you see another person as a whole being and not a sexualized being? Not what they can do for you, but how do you two complement each other? What are things that you like about being around them and what are things that they like about being around you? Um, we have got to model healthy relationships um, that include self-worth. Because oftentimes when we feel inadequate and insecure, we have worth issues that leads us to sexual behaviors that we may not necessarily want or be fully on board with simply because I don't want this person to leave me. I want to be accepted. I want to be able to have somebody choose me no matter the cost to myself or my body. We need to learn how to take care of our bodies. Part of development is understanding how you feel about you. So how do I keep myself clean? Um, how do I make sure that my hygiene is good? What do I know about healthy sexual practices? What do I know about protection? What am I allergic to? What are some of the things that could be damaging for me because maybe I have conditions that certain sexual positions or certain sexual behaviors and practices might exacerbate a condition? I need to understand how to communicate those things and feel comfortable talking to people about it. We need to have clear conversations with our young people about sexual violence and consent, um, that we don't have sex when we're both under the influence and aren't able to consent, or one of us is. Then we need to make a decision that we will not be having sex tonight because this person is not in a position to be able to state whether or not they truly want to engage in sexual behavior. We need to talk to our kids about rape. We need to talk to our kids about sexual abuse, molestation, what happens when you are involved in a relationship with someone who has been abused previously. What are some of the things that could trigger them that you need to be aware of? We need to talk to our kids about how social media will um, influence them. But that's media on, on, uh, on the TV as well as on all of their, their social media pages will influence them to be more sexualized, right? These are the things that get likes. When we uh, post pictures of ourselves, particularly accenting sexualized parts of our bodies, these are the things that people want. They want that attention. They want those likes. How can I get likes and attention in healthier ways other than putting sex out and, and devaluing myself in some kind of way or just being seen as a sexualized being? Because if it is coming from a place of empowerment, you are a person that exercises, you've done a lot of work on your body you are um, modeling a swimsuit or um, a dress or something, then you should not be ashamed um, and should not be made to feel guilty about it. But where is this coming from? If this is coming from a place of I want to be accepted in light, then that's the area that needs to be addressed. Um, we as families need to share our values and, and talk to other people about those values so people are clear about what our values are. We need to set and enforce limits around screen time and around 
um, the, the access that people in our home may have. Now you can Google anything. And so are there some restrictions that you have in place so your, your, your children and your teenagers can't get access to sexual information? And you want to be the first person to talk to your kids about sex, their bodies, and their behaviors. You don't want that information coming from other places. And a lot of times we feel like, oh, our kids are too young. I don't want to bring that up. By the time we have conversations with them, they've already been exposed. And so even at early ages, we talk to our kids about good touch, bad touch uh, when they're very small. So you can be talking to your kid about their development um, as beings and their bodies, even as they're three, four, five, six years old, when they're able to understand how to communicate. Yes, no, touch. Um, Therapy. I cannot emphasize enough how important it is if you have had any kind of unwanted early sexual experience or, or even if you thought maybe that, that it, it was wanted, maybe you, you, you liked it because it felt good to your body. Whenever you stimulate your body, there is going to be um, some good sensation that comes along with that. But understanding that responding to a sensation and this being something that was a conscious choice for you and something that was healthy for you can be two different things. And so reconciling those things that I like for my body to be stimulated, but I need to be the person who is in control of that, not someone else putting that onto me. And so sometimes therapy will allow us to be able to unravel and unpackage some of these things, particularly if you know that you become aggressive in relationships or you're having a lot of sexual relationships with people it's hard for you to connect and have intimacy. And I know for some men, this is you taught like, oh, yeah, being a hoe is a great thing. Like you need to be out there with a bunch of different women. But you really need to stop and ask yourself, why is that acceptable? Why is that something that I think would be a positive? Where is that coming from? Who implanted that information in my mind? Um, in the same way for young ladies, well, this is how I get ahead. This is what I get. This is what I, I need to take care of myself. Where does that come from? Where is that notion um, being planted from? Now, again, if you enjoy sexual behaviors and it is coming from a healthy place and you're able to clearly articulate to people, I just enjoy having um, sex. It's safe, it's protected. That's one thing. But if you are running through um, 40, 50 partners uh, in, in a year, then I, I would question whether or not that is coming from a healthy place as opposed to there may be some other things that are going on that perhaps you don't even know are there or that you've disconnected and disassociated from, right? So we need to explore these things. We often tell people, here's how you should change your behavior, but we never help them understand how did I get here in the first place? So it's important for you to do that work and understand where did my notions of sex, intimacy, connection come from? How do I perceive other people? When I look at a person and I see them and I rate their attractiveness, where is this coming from? How was this informed in terms of how I was raised? So it is really important that we have these conversations with ourselves, but also with the people around us. And I also, this is my challenge to you all. It is never, ever okay for an adult to have sex with a child. Ever okay. So regardless of how you perceive, oh, well, you know, I was in college and, and this was a 16-year-old. If you were in college because you just turned 18 and you're a freshman and this is the girl you have been dating who is a junior in high school now um, or a senior in high school now, that is very different than you being 25, 26, 27 years old dating. It, we're not even going to call it that because it's not dating. 
um, having a sexual uh, interaction with a teenager, you have to ask yourself, why am I connected to someone developmentally who should be in such a different place than me? Why do I think that's acceptable? Why would I think it was acceptable as, a, as an adult for someone to say, hey, I want you to come have sex with my child so they have this, this um, first sexual experience, this rites of passage? Uh, as an adult male, like I need to be the one having sex with my daughter so she'll know what it's like to be treated. Like that, None of that is okay. And so I, I need for you to know that and so that when you hear that, you can address people and not just let that slide because this is why this is a cycle in our community because we're not addressing it, okay? So you have a voice and you have the ability to be able to address these things. I know that we're still trying to figure out how to get the message around, but if each one of us shares it, if each one of us is teaching our kids healthy behaviors, talking to our friends about healthy behaviors, then that's a start. So I encourage you to be that voice for people that may not even know that they have this dysfunctional background and understanding, okay? Be encouraged.